You're listening to Minor Talk On Demand exclusively on 600 ESPN El Paso. Stay up to date with Minor Talk by downloading the free 600 ESPN El Paso mobile app. Welcome in. Minor Talk is live. We're presented by the Oscar Arietta Agency. Hey, uh, check out the Oscar Arietta Agency to bundle your home and your auto insurance. That's the Oscar Arietta Agency, the official insurance agent of the UTEP Miners. Well, another game, another road loss. UTEP is eight, uh, has lost eight road games this season, 0 of 8. Um, and this shouldn't be a surprise to a lot of people. I mean, man, I've seen a lot of vitriol all over social media. I mean, people are really upset about this team right now and how they close out this game. Um, It was tied 65-all. Western Kentucky went on a big run. I think they outscored the Miners something close to like 23-11 to in the real closing minutes. It ended up being like 25-15 to to close it out. Uh, And Western Kentucky in the final minutes, you heard Joe Golding talk about it. They executed better. They were the better team. They closed out the game in uh, dominant fashion. And for the Miners, it just getting close in these road games isn't enough. Being the team that's, uh, man, you just love how Hardy's playing. You love how Kalu's playing in this game. You, yeah. you like the, the effort you saw from uh, Elijah Jones at, at times off the bench. Zid Powell kind of emerging in this game and, and playing a lot better than he has as, as of late. It doesn't matter. I mean, none of that matters. What matters is winning and losing. And in this game, the Miners ended up losing. Uh, what do they take away from this game? Not much. I mean, you just uh, it's an emotional loss for sure because you had to battle and fight to be in this game. Um, multiple times, I thought the Miners were going to bow out, and they they marched their way back into it. And even in you know the final stretches of the game, I was waiting for the Miners to make one final push, but they didn't have that in them. And as a result, they lose by 10. I I think the score being 10 points isn't really an indication of how the Hilltoppers just totally took control in those final minutes. Probably should have been a 14-point victory for them, 12-point minimum, but Miners cut it in, in garbage time and actually made it a 10-point loss for them. But uh, Western Kentucky, they get 90 points. They score 90 points. That's the most UTEP has allowed this season. You heard that in the broadcast as well. Uh, Miners eclipse their all-time steal mark on the season, but you know I'm, I'm tired of talking and, and touting the defense all season long when it feels like in crucial moments when they need their defense, when they want to rely on their bread and butter, they just can't come through. And then tonight, Sal, I felt like Western Kentucky, they made the big baskets in the end. And for the Miners, just costly turnovers when this game was in the balance that really swung this game. Yeah, I think um, relatively um, speaking for for Western Kentucky's offense, they had answers just about all game. Uh, they, they were in a in a drought um, in the first half, but they were able to make some adjustments, figure some things out, and put UTEP back in a spot where UTEP answered a drought of their own with um, with a forced drought on Western Kentucky's side. So you didn't see that in the second half, and Western Kentucky being able to stack um, you know series on top of series is ultimately what led to uh, UTEP falling tonight by ten. And you're right. 10 points it's kind of feel lucky if if you if you turn on the TV and saw this game in the final 4 minutes or so you would not think or believe the stats that uh, that you see today yeah and actually you know so 
the Miners had chances to win this game. They really did. I mean, they had their opportunities to try to take control of this game, but defensively, it, it was tough. I mean, McHenry was making every shot. He was 11 for 18 from the floor tonight, 25 points to lead all scores. He was fantastic. Uh, and, you know, you got to give him some credit, but to the Miners' side, they had almost five guys in double figures. I mean, with Kalu, who had seven points. I mean, he was the only guy outside of the starting five who didn't score in double digits in this matchup. Uh, but uh, it's just not enough. I, I, they need still more from their guys. The 14 turnovers felt like costly. I mean, even though that's kind of where UTEP averages, they average giving up the ball on their side about 14 to 16 times a game. Um, that number is right around the right amount, but if UTEP wants to do something that they haven't done all season long, which is win on the road, they've got to give one of these stats up. It's got to be, all right, if you're not going to get, uh, you know, if you're not going to have as many turnovers, or if you do have as many turnovers as this, then you have to be able to shoot better from beyond the arc. They were 28% from three-point range, and they just kept shooting it, Sal. In the first half, I guess it kind of worked. In the second half, it was more desperation than anything. And in the first half, it really was just the final four three-point pointers that they were able to make in the second half yeah. it felt like it was it was like sporadic it was all over the place so both halves they make four three pointers the three point shot just wasn't falling tonight like it really hasn't yeah. fallen all season long 28 percent it's right around their season and, average too and this is a game where if i'm not mistaken they were like oh for seven or oh for eight somewhere yes, around to there start it you off, know yeah. to so at, at that point you're you're taking these shots that are not falling and possessions are valuable obviously it was earlier in the game and they were able to kind of bounce back from it but it makes you wonder hey if you get a couple shots early how different could this game have gone or um, they, they would have been able to buy some points with earlier possessions and um, you know relying on half court play which which has not been that stellar at all this season and and when it has it makes you wanting more it's just it's just not consistent at all on the offensive side so yeah they scored 80 but then you flip it around and they give up 90 so I mean what do you take from all that? Yeah, yeah. Not, not a lot it's just the fact that they've been consistently inconsistent I yeah. think we've maintained that all season <laughs> long it's an up and down team uh, it, throughout these games you feel so many different ways at some stretches you think this team could be anybody in conference play and then in other instances you, they look like one of the worst teams in CUSA so so where does that kind of put them? It puts them either right in the middle of the pack or a little bit below the pack. And uh, for this team right here, expectations by me, I don't expect this team to go that far in the in the CUSA tournament when it's all said and done. Just based on what we've seen, I could be wrong. You know, this team could have a run in them, and that's what I think a lot of fans have uh, held out some hope for. But let's be real. I mean, this team right here, the way it stands, the way that they're playing on the road, the way that they're playing, uh, you know, in these games where they're away from the Haskins Center, it just doesn't give me the confidence that I, I need in order to believe that this team can actually win a game or two or three in the CUSA tournament. I, I don't buy a run just the way that we've seen things. Sal, I guess, you know, I said earlier in the week on Sports Talk that I wouldn't be surprised if this team was a uh, first-round bow-out or if they made it to the finals of the CUSA tournament. I mean, the latter right there, That's that seems unrealistic right there. I would be surprised. It's crazy because you look at how Conference USA is right now and as competitive as it can be, 
it's still one of the uh, the worst conferences in college basketball. No doubt. So, That's so right. it's glass half full, glass half empty, if you want to put it that way. But it's kind of like, hey, this conference is so bad, UTEP can make a run in it. But then on the flip side, where it's the negative side, it's like, then how come UTEP cannot separate themselves from you know teams within that same tier of this conference um, you know, around them? So... I have no idea. Question marks are all over the place. And UTEP's not the only conference USA team facing these uh, these kinds of crises night in and night out. So, yeah, plus side, it's CUSA. Uh, dark side is that it's CUSA. A hundred percent. And, hey, our telephone number, by the way, let's get it started. 915-505-6009. lot to read on Twitter and X. Uh, just want to mention this. Western Kentucky, I'd much rather be a team like the Hilltoppers right now than the Miners, even though they're 7-4 and four in conference play or 6-4, and four, whatever it is, they're a team that is tough. And, and I think they're a team that could actually make that run in Huntsville, in the CUSA tournament. And they're the team, if I'm a UTEP, I want to avoid at all costs. I w- if I was UTEP, Sal, I'd rather play Sam Houston State or La Tech or New Mexico State uh, or Liberty versus uh, Western Kentucky. That's my, you know, I would not want to play the Hilltoppers. I know the Miners got the best of them at home. I just don't know if another win against this team is possible. I I think um, with with Western Kentucky, they've been showing that they're a team that's one of the hottest in Conference USA. Maybe uh, four in a row, I think. The hottest team in Conference USA. And this is a very streaky team as it is. I'm going to reel this off to you. They've had a win streak of three wins. They've had a win streak of eight wins and now they're on a four game win streak as well so this is a team that that can get rolling you know when when they're looking like they look tonight so you're absolutely right don't want to see them I, I want to see them on TV against somebody else <laughs> but but not against UTEP hey I was watching them today son I thought if this is the team that represents conference USA in the NCAA tournament I think that's a good thing right there for the league because they that's a team who could be frisky in mark uh, March that could actually maybe pull off an upset as a 13th 14th seed. I, I'm not a, you know, I, I love the guard play. That backcourt for Western Kentucky is really fun to watch. No doubt about it. Hey, let's go to social media. A lot of posts to read and our telephone number again, 915-505-6009. Some guy, Chris, at Chris, game was tied at 65. Calvin Solomon forced back-to-back possession turnovers and then a block shot. And then Western Kentucky responded with a 5-0 run. Thought that was the big swing in the game. Calvin can offer so many different things, but just hasn't been it this season. I thought that was really well said, really well put by Chris. Um, yeah, the Calvin Solomon thing, I don't I can't explain the drop off. I mean, the basketball explanation is he's playing out of position. He's a true four uh who's asked to be, you know, asked to play the five this year. They've been going small in a ton of different stretches, but I find it Sal inexcusable that Calvin Solomon has these different offensive possessions where he's just completely reckless and he just turns the ball over and it looks like he he has this deer in the headlights look and I'm thinking to myself, "Wait a second, this guy's a senior this guy's a veteran like he should have these kind of even if he is offensively challenged and last year you saw there was offensive limitations he turned the ball over a lot but in crucial situations and crunch crunch time moments this is your veteran this is a guy you have to lean on two turnovers doesn't sound like a lot it just felt like they were in costly situations yeah and it it disrupts the uh the flow the way that the team is going in, that momentum, or the potential momentum that could be built. These are big buckets. We're not just talking about, you know, middle of the first half type of deals. These are crunch time moments when you 
when that margin for error is significantly slimmer. So it has been disappointing. You like the effort that you see at times, specifically on defense, right. without a doubt. He's, um, you know, he, he can get from left to right pretty quickly, but on offense, just kind of seems that even when he gets the ball, it kind of feels like he's out of position. No pun intended, um, as well. So I, that's it right there. It's that that momentum killer um, that comes out of turnovers like that or bad plays like that. Daniel chimes in. Minor talk. Western Kentucky bigs are as soft as Charmin. Huh, there you go. Uh, let's keep it moving. E Garcia. Um, you can't win a road game, but fans are supposed to buy into what Golding sells. This is from Manny David. I didn't expect this team to win this one. It was close for a good while, just slipped away in the end. Missed free throws in Western Kentucky shooting 56% uh, doomed the Miners tonight. Forget this one and get a road win at Middle Tennessee. Yeah, the free throws is another thing, Sal. I mean, we buried the lead there, but 14 for 25 from the charity stripe, including some of the key players who just couldn't make free throws. Like, you know, Tay Hardy going 2 of 6 from the free throw line. That's you know, kind of unheard of from Tay Hardy. He's very disciplined at the free throw line. Otis Frazier is probably going to make that 60% range right there. And then uh, Kalu, you know, going five for nine. That that sounds about right, too, mathematically. It's just the Tay Hardy two for six. That's the killer right there. Yeah, because he's a guy that you want to have, uh, you know, the ball in his hands for a good part of the game. And we, we talked about it earlier, those momentum killers. Yeah. Just that, that that breath of air that's it's kind of like forcefully and un you know you're not wanting to exhale that it just makes you a little bit frustrated so definitely want to see a better performance from the line but even then too um free throws i think they were a good part of why they lost this game however giving up those those buckets down low and just letting guys blow by them you know with relative ease um that's gonna hurt a lot too so a lot of areas you know to to pick at yeah the defense itself that was the the head scratcher alone so i'm with you there trey chauvin uh joe golding is the worst hire in utep history one Mm. more year is too long uh e garcia this is something typically that Joe Golding would say, talking about the post-game press conference or post-game comments. Uh, this mention from Tristan Pence. UTEP's defense was awful tonight. Western Kentucky shot a higher percentage for the game than the Miners shot from the free throw line. Losing a six-straight road game in a weak conference USA would be absolutely unacceptable. The coaches and players need to win Saturday at all costs. Hashtag Miner Talk. Uh, this is a step There will be no run at 600 ESPN El Paso. Uh, This is from Adrian at Enemy Win 3. Decided to watch the duel at Daytona instead of UTEP. Sounds like I made the right decision. I think you did. I think you did, Adrian. Good stuff. Um, This is coming in. We got more uh, coming in. This is from um, Jorge Pierre. They can't win a road game. This is very disappointing. Uh, Rod Munch with a sarcastic tweet. Road wins are overrated. That's what he said. Uh, e. Garcia, who wants to see two, three more years of this coaching staff? Um, this coming in from Tristan Pence. UTEP men's basketball has the worst coaching staff in conference, you say. Uh, this is from E. Garcia. Makeup of a bad team and average coaching. Felipe Condelaria, they played hard, but jacking up 20-plus three-pointers in a game and making 25% is not going to lead to many victories. Golding needs to give this team an identity. The 
The one that they have is not it. What do you think about that, Sal? What's the identity of this team? Because I, I still think it's yeah. elite defense that so they're going to uh, – Excuse me, excuse me. No, no, no. Let me let me backtrack. Let me backtrack. <laughs> Elite at forcing turnovers on defense, okay? That that's their identity. And then out of that, um they're a team that has a mixed bag of players, some old, some new, and they find ways to score and mostly they rely on their veterans to do I, it, right? I I think the the identity, the the way that I would shape it for this team is it's um it's a high risk, high reward defensive team. Okay. Okay. I, I, I think that's the Fair. best way that I could put it because we we I said it earlier. Hey, this team is getting um, you know giving up easy buckets. Guys are blowing right by them. However, there's some baits that are going on, and they're able to get some of those steals as well. So I, I do want to knock myself for that one. I, I, I did kind of speak a little bit false there. However, just looking at the way that you know this team plays night in and night out. I'm going to say it, and people aren't going to like it, but this is a three-point shooting team. Wow. wow. I'm not saying they're a three-point making team, but they're a team that's going to take those they're, shots they're regardless. They're going to commit themselves to they're, shooting the three. It's 25 games into the season, and they've done this night in and night out. That's just who this team is. It's going to it's going to matter whether or not they're making their threes and making their freeze. You're going to need that because we see how many steals that they could get. However, the deficiencies in those other areas, they're hampering them, but they're going to keep on trying it. Yeah, they're, they're going to be stubborn to it. And I was, we were joking in the first half yeah. because the Miners uh, jacked up those eight threes. They all were misses, and then they finally get one to fall, uh, and then – I think they get four more to close out that first half, but that was just kind of their stubbornness uh, on display right there of how they really like to, you know, continue to jack up the threes, just like we're saying. Hey, our telephone number, 915-505-6009. Let's go back to the phone lines. Ronnie is going to join us first up on the phone lines. Ronnie, good evening, man. What's going on? Hey, what's going on, guys? Uh, Ronnie, are you coming in next weekend, or is this uh, is this going to be, are you going to balk on this trip knowing where the miners are at? No, I'm still coming, man. Wow. All right. Well, you got to send me the itinerary. We're going to be picking you up. We're taking you to L&J's, taking you to Kiki's. We're we're, we're doing the whole run, okay? There we go. There we go. I like that. Um, I'll tell you what. So, hall season, I've been, you know, preaching, hang with the minors, hang, you know. But I would say tonight would be, you know, it would be the end for me for this season. I'd be putting a fork in for this season. This game's alarming um, for two major reasons. One, Miners never scored as many points, and they, and, they, and they did, and they still lose. And two, Miners never give up this many points. So, like their identity shot. Like we, like Golden came here as a defensive-minded guy. They've been great, you know what I mean? All these steals, all these steals. But you give up ninety points, man. I mean, I don't care what you came as and what your reputation was. You are what you are, and what you are is you ain't a good team because you have no identity. You have nothing to pull on or tug on right now that says, "Hey, we got to win a ball game." right now to keep our season going from this week to next week to next week and possibly, you know, into the postseason, you have no identity. Your identity is completely thrown out the window. The kids are ready for the season to be over. And I think, you know, looking back, and I, I hate to I hate to be this guy, but the facts are the facts. When the portal thing became a thing and Golden's best answer was to go and get a kid who was the minor's leading scorer who didn't win games at Southern Miss, he was doomed then, man. You got to get winners, and I'll say that to the day I die. You got to get winners because kids that play on bad teams, they're inflated stats that don't win games. It's not gonna, it's not gonna change when they go 400 miles west. 
losers are losers, and kids find ways to lose games every single day, every single way. Um, so, uh, you know, I'm still coming, though, because I, I want to see you guys, and I want to follow my commitment on that. But And I also <laughs> say this. I don't think West Kentucky would be representing uh, CUSA. You're not a fan. Uh, you want La Tech. I, I believe it will be Tevin Hester. I believe so. I mean, they're more complete. Um, and and here's, here's a classic example uh, of, of the minors and everybody else. When Booba Carfay crossed up Baylor Heb and came down the lane and tried oh. to put his you-know-what in the minor season, minors don't got one kid on their roster that could do that. And that's what recruiting looks like. Go and get you some studs, not these duds. Well, it's just nice like guy. your third or fourth guy who's actually going to make an impact, right? And I think that they're so reliant on their top guys. UTEP is like Hardy. Like Hardy's got a shoulder so much on him that late game situation, he's forcing everything. Ronnie, it's like he's he he plays like he's playing from behind at all times, and that's just not the way that you know good teams play. You have to your third or fourth guy who you go to, and that they come in and they have some success with you. I just think you need better players, man. I mean, Hardy's played that way his entire career. He played the same way as Southern Miss. And what did, what did, sure. what did it get? And and you know what? Guess what happened to Southern Miss when he left? And they became really good because they went and got, you know, some really good freaking players, man. They became, they became really good because they got some point guards who understood, you know what I mean, how to be points and how to do some things. And I'm not knocking Hardy. He's a, I get it. He's UTEP's guy and he is what he is. But, man, when you're in the portal, you can get better players, dog. That's all I'm saying. You can at least get guys that have made winning contributions on winning programs because guess what? Winning always travels. It's a mindset. And that's why the Warriors will never let go of Draymond Green no matter what he does because hmm. he's a winner. Yeah. I understand that. He's a winner. You know what? You're you're right there. You're right. I, I hear you, Ronnie. Hey, I appreciate the phone call, man. Thanks for weighing in. It's going to be great to see you next week. Shoot me a text, and uh, we'll coordinate some stuff. So I'm, I'm really excited. we got to bring you in studio, uh, and we got to treat you around to town So uh, for being great for us all uh, these years. So I appreciate it, Ronnie. Thanks for weighing in. Our telephone number, 915-505-6009. You know, I'm, I'm more bullish on Hardy than, uh, you know, somebody like Ronnie is, and I don't look at the past as something to knock him necessarily. I like the development of Hardy. If you would have told me Hardy is the player he is today from where he was last year, I would have said no way. I mean, I just didn't see it, and I think he's really stepped it up on both ends. Um, Late-game situations or when you're talking about winning basketball, that's another thing. But I feel the same way about Hardy this year to close out his senior year as I did last year with Shamar Givens. Like, I really liked how hard they played, and I liked their effort. Did it lead to winning basketball? Not necessarily. And that's something that you can fault those players for. But that's what separates these good players, like Hardy, like the, you know, really top-level Conference USA players from all-time greats that come here at UTEP, like who we had la- last week in studio, like Stefan. Jackson, who could get a bucket at any point, or you know, he could he can go down the floor at any point and really help his team play, make, facilitate, do whatever he needed to do in order to win. So, I mean, you know, maybe a Stephon Jackson is even far fetched, but just to have a difference maker, a playmaker who's going to take you over the top, who's going to help you win twenty games, that's what UTEP is looking for right now. I think Hardy's a fine player. I think he's an All Conference USA player. I think he's playing at his best that he's ever played right now. 
Uh, and his best is still not enough for what UTEP needs, unfortunately. And, you know, I'm not, not necessarily faulting him. Maybe it's the supporting cast around him and what they really don't have here for UTEP. How would you assess the Hardy situation, Sal? I, I think Hardy's somebody who's going to have to be out there um, for them to have some of their best chances to win. He's going to be a guy who's going to be in the mix whether he has the ball or not. I think this year he's had the ball in his hands a lot more than he did last year. Um, one, because they need him to, but two, I think he is a bit more comfortable in his game. So I, I would say if you have to pick somebody as a captain of this team by default, it's going to be Tay Hardy, but I think he shows night in and night out why he's on the floor 35 minutes a game, 36 minutes tonight. I mean, sure, they, they need all the minutes they could get from a lot of guys, but I think he's the most reliable player um, that UTEP has. And I, I'll go with that. More reliable this year um, than last year and more reliable than anybody else on the roster. That's very fair. I, I like that, Sal. Uh, let's keep it moving. This is coming in from Felipe Candelaria Jr. This is more on the players forcing shots and settling for threes. They have to play inside out. They take open looks, but other teams are daring them to beat them from the outside. They Then they can't make free throws, so, it's go- so going to the rim doesn't do much either. Um, this is coming in from E. Garcia. Joe Golden got hired off one win against Texas in the NCAA tournament. Wow. Uh, yeah, a lot of a lot of coaching slander we've seen over the past couple of weeks. It's just, you know, this has been tough to, to watch for what we've seen so far from something like, uh, you know, fans talking about this uh, basketball team right now. Back to the phone lines, 915-505-6009. Ed is next up on the phone lines. Ed, what's going on? Good evening. How are you? Good afternoon or good evening. How's everybody doing? Hey, we're doing great, Ed. What are you up to? <laughs> well, unfortunately, the same thing that I've always been up to after these games. Um... <laughs> Listening to <laughs> this show, want... unfortunately, <laughs> huh? Right? <laughs> what do you want me to tell you? It's We're playing the same record here, right? I know. I mean, this this show sounds a lot like the Sam Houston State show when they lost that game in a late situation and they had a chance. Yeah, you know, but I, I started thinking about this defensive stat. So I wanted to ask you guys a question and see what you guys think about this. I'm going to pick your brain on this. If you were to look at all the defensive stats across the country for college basketball, where would you rank – the top five stats, obviously, were the leader in defensive steals, right? Right, right. What would, what would you rank? Because during the Haskin era, we were always in a in a good position in the in a major stat. But I'm not going to say what it is. All I'm going to say is, how do you rank our stats? with your own personal top five. So what would that, that's take- interesting. So the three, the four metrics I look at, and, and I don't know if this answers your question, Ed, so you, I'll answer this quickly and you tell me if this answers your question. Four metrics I look at for defensive stats, I do look at tr- uh, turnover percentage. I think that's a key stat. But I also look at defensive field goal percentage, what they're you know forcing op- or holding opponents to uh, shooting-wise. I also look at the offensive rebounding numbers. I don't know why, but that's a big number. Number for me defensively, I want to see how many offensive rebounds does this uh, UTEP team allow, and then I also want to see are they fouling teams enough to where they're getting to the free throw line. Their opposing teams are getting to the free throw line and also converting at the free throw line. So those are the four like different numbers that I really look at. Ed, is that the is that kind of your question right there? 
Yeah, I do. Because, you know, the thing that bothers me here is what's really happening after we get the steal? And are, are, do we have like this little surge of adrenaline or this ego and we're not able to execute after we get the steal? Because what good is it to be a great leader in steals if you can't execute and score after you get it? So that's why this stat to me may be, uh, I don't know how to say it, but it may be deceiving. Yeah, it might be a little misleading. Exactly. Exactly. That's my point. I, 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 in other words, I don't know if it's if it's really that if it's really that genuine to us. Is it really giving us the best opportunity to win a game? Obviously, we got a lot of other issues, but I just don't know if if we're really uh, if we're really taking advantage of that stat, even though we're nationally ranked. I, I really don't. It just seems like during the Haskin era, we were always in the defensive scoring category, and I just don't see what we're doing after we get that steal. It just doesn't seem like we're executing. Anyhow, I'll hang up, and you guys have a good night. Hey, I appreciate it, Ed. Thanks for weighing in. And good point there. Uh, UTEP tonight created uh, 16 turnovers, and they scored 21 points off those turnovers right there. What do you think, Sal? Is that enough for you? Do you want to see this team score more points off turnovers? That's what Ed was getting at. They they have to because he's absolutely right. Uh, It's a part of the game. Don't get me wrong. It's something that helps out, but – you got to be able to seal the deal as well. You, you you're basically right stealing the in theory, right? I'm not saying they're doing this, of course, but if you're not capitalizing on these turnovers, what you're basically doing is is stealing the ball to buy more time. But you gotta you gotta put the ball in the hoop. That, oh, no, that, no, that's no what doubt. you got to do at the end of the day, and it's helpful. You know what I mean? It's it, it's kind of like hey, if they're able to be just a smidge better when it comes to transition buckets or or you know their fast break style of play. They they can you know be leading in some other stats as well and we and I think it all stems from the lack of half court offense. I think now they're trying to rely more on the fast break than setting it up in half court. But is it is that even a worse plan to go to the half court from transition? Because we've seen what they could be from half court. So it, it's it's this conundrum that that just goes on and on and on. Yeah, and then that you you talk about the settle like kind of settling in the half court, and then they set everything up, and then it, it takes a little bit time uh, time yeah. to actually get that going. And it's not like as fast as they need it to be. So I see what you're saying there, Sal. I don't know. I mean. How- to ask me how this team fix their offensive problems is is really difficult because I think if you're going to talk about this situation right here, how they're going to score better off turnovers, well, this team is not really good when it comes to scoring. Period. So if it ta- if we're talking about you know um, you know scoring off turnovers, this team isn't good in the first place when it comes to just being better offensively, and that's just the bottom line. Our telephone number nine one five five zero five six zero zero nine. Let's go back. Uh, to Twitter or X, uh, that is 600 ESPN El Paso or hashtag Minor Talk or um, at my social media account as well. Um, and this is coming in from Trey Chauvin. U- uh, UTEP head coach Joe Golding is a horrible recruiter and game manager. UTEP needs to cut ties with this junior college coach. Horrible, lazy hire, Jim Center. Man. Just a lot of uh, hate on the coaching staff, Sal. And it feels like fans are right now, they're not taking any excuses. They're frustrated right here with this team, the way it stands. Is this fair? Is this, you know, or is this kind of on brand from what we've seen from UTEP fans? I, I feel like this is pretty similar to what uh, we saw from Rodney Terry. I, I, 
I'll say this. I think it's both, but I'll give you like a like a meter, like a pendulum, okay. And where it's more on, I think it's both. However, I think it's leaning more towards the on brand yes. type of stuff because when when Rodney Terry was here, people said he could recruit, but we want a coach who's going to be X's and O's, a coach who who's you know no attitude, um, or, you know uh, all attitude and and going to instill it in his players, just be ferocious on defense. You're getting that. This is a team uh, we just mentioned that stat doesn't matter if they're scoring or not. They're getting those steals for for my argument's sake, at least in this point. Hey, they're doing all these things, but he's not able to recruit. And now, what's the word? They need a coach who can go out and recruit. So it, it's so on brand. When you get one and you might not get some of the other stuff, but you get what you were asking for. Now you realize how much, um, you know, you value your what you were looking for previously. So definitely more on brand. Yeah, I think so. And hey, by the way, our telephone number, 915-505-6009. And I, I think it, it is. I think this fan base is just hungry for a winner. They're impatient. They didn't want to wait long. And to be honest, Sal, they were they were promised a quicker fix. I mean, Joe Golding they said yeah, that they true. wanted to win quick and they wanted to win fast. So after the season, if he says, hey, you know, it's going to take more time, then that goes back a little bit on his word, even though they won. Uh, 20 games in year one, um, albeit with you know uh, Rodney Terry's players right there. So there you go. Hey, our telephone number, 915-505-6009. Let's pause 10 seconds for station identification. You're listening to Minor Talk brought to you by the Oscar ID at the agency. More in a moment here on 600 ESPN El Paso. Hey, we'll get to our player of the game brought to you by Timothy Cantrell and our hot hand of the game brought to you by Win Supply El Paso here in just a moment. Uh, but let's keep the phone lines moving. 915-505-6009. That's our telephone number. Miners have Middle Tennessee on Saturday. I have them winning that game. Uh, I did not, for the record, have them winning tonight. So this, again, this game does not surprise me. If you've listened to the show all season long, I think we've pr- uh, stayed pretty level-headed when it comes to this team and setting the right expectations. After that Liberty home loss, I wanted to see what they could do on the road against Western Kentucky. Uh, Despite the win and the emphatic 25-point win they had against New Mexico State, I did not feel confident about them beating the Hilltoppers. I thought it'd be closer than a 10-point game, and it really wasn't in the end. Uh, Miners had multiple chances to come back and rally from behind in this game, and they just failed to close it out and failed to execute uh, under eight minutes to go in this contest. Back to the phones right now, 915-505-6009. Next up is Craig. Craig, good evening. What's going on? Frustration. I hear you. That's what's going you. on. It's it's a uh, lot of frustration, right? I uh, you know I go way back with the miners. I graduated from UTEP, 1973. Uh, I I remember watching Nate Archibald play for UTEP when I was a freshman, winning the WAC conference in a game with Utah at the Coliseum, the old Coliseum. And it it's frustrating because this team can't shoot. And that's the most important component in basketball. You need to be able to shoot. Uh, and unfortunately, they can't shoot. Um, you know, last year I uh, – went to the minor games. I had season tickets last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I had them for many, many years uh, before that. And it was so frustrating 
to go to games because it was painful to watch them because they can't shoot. And, of course, last year, the free throw shooting, if you remember, was more horrendous than it is now. It's a little better now. Uh, but they just simply couldn't shoot. And, you know, I gave up my season tickets uh, because I ended up not going to a number of the games last year because it was so painful. Yeah, and, it was painful to watch offensively. And this year, actually, offensively, Craig, it might be worse. Yeah, and uh, and I remember Golding said before the season started that this would be a better shooting team. And I also... I remember him saying either on TV or reading in the El Paso Times that he felt UTEP was going to have one of the best front courts in Conference USA last year. Do you or this year? Do you remember him saying something like yes, that? Yes, I do remember him saying something like and, that. Yeah, and I thought at the time, how can that be? Because I know the players that are coming back, and I know the ones that he recruited that you know I read about, and I didn't see where he recruited any bigs uh, of significance. And, you know, Kalu, I've always thought that I'm sure he's a fine young man and he gives all the effort uh, that he can, but he's not a Division One starter. He's a bench player, uh, maybe playing 10, 12 minutes a game, getting a few rebounds, playing – a little defense uh, because offensively he's a real liability. Yeah, and he and he gets reckless too. It's like the Calvin Solomon thing, Craig. It, it, and I appreciate the phone call, man. But the, and thanks for weighing in. You know the front court mention that you just had right there. It just made me think. The reason why there was so much hype around this is coming into the season, Sal. They've got they had a three year star or a two year starter in Kalu. He's older. He's not a baby anymore. He's 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 a junior, going to be a senior next year. He should be a lot, you know, further along developed than this. And then Calvin Solomon came in as a preseason All Conference USA player. Like a he was supposed to be a top player in this league according to the prognosticators before the season started. So he just both of those guys just haven't lived up to what they needed and what what this team needed out of them this season. I think to that point, right, with with Tay Hardy being on the team last year, you got to see some um, some flashes of the potential of what UTEP could look like under Tay Hardy. And, and I think with him and Givens sharing the ball last year, it was, it was kind of limited. I mean, there's only one basketball that's out there on the floor. But what also gave a, you know, a glimpse of hope was, hey, there's games that are close. There's games where if they just, you know, tweak it here and there on offense, they could be significantly better. And the frustrating part is that is the exact same thing as last year. There's no progression on offense. You're seeing them fight night in night night in and night out, especially, you know, when it comes to some of those hustle stats, but there's no progression when it comes to winning these games. You know, offense, they're not taking better care of the ball, and they're worse from the free throw line as well. So that's also part of that frustration. It's some of the same, but it's also a lot worse. Yeah, and I think that, you know, Craig is he's not the first who's told me that it's it's tough to watch offensively over the past two seasons and that's why, you know, they don't go to as many games. So he's not the first one who said this on the show and I appreciate the phone call. Let's keep it moving. Pepper is next on the phone lines. Good evening, Pepper. What's going on? Hey, Steve. Uh, my name is Pepper, but tonight I'm a little salty. 
been uh, listening to a bunch of complaints and. Uh, Wait, who are you calling Steve? Oh, I'm sorry, Adrian. Um, I've been hearing a lot of complaints. The Miners went toe-to-toe with Kentucky, you know, coached by John Calipari, double NBA prospects. Man, Pepper, this one's going off the rails here. We barely lost, okay? You know, Joe Golding has done a fantastic job if he can go in to Rupp Arena and only lose by 10 points. <laughs> Man, I, I love our callers. I, not tonight, not tonight. Maybe this weekend we'll, we'll do it. I appreciate it, Pepper. Thanks for thanks for trying to spice up the mood a little bit. I like the salty line. <laughs> that was a good one right there. Calipari, Kentucky, was, Rupp it was, Arena. It was nationally televised oh, on, on um, CBS. On CBS, yeah. There you go. Yeah, good stuff there, Pepper. I appreciate it, man. Thanks for weighing in. 915-505-6009. Not tonight. Maybe another night. I'll, enter- I'll indulge this. Uh, this is Joe T- uh, Chacon to shift gears and to bring us to a better mood right here. I appreciate it, Joe Chacon. Now, how jacked are you going to get for this? It's been a long 10-year waiting. Hashtag UTEP is getting a natty. Hashtag minor talk. Hashtag si se puede regarding EA Sports College, Sal. I'm ready. Let's go. I'm super excited about it. And and when when I last played it, I think a good number of these Conference USA teams were in the Sun Belt <laughs> at the time. Oh. And I remember using Western Kentucky and Middle Tennessee specifically because they had uh, they had black jerseys and I would go with the um with um you know helmet and pants, same color but with the black jerseys. Especially with Western I think or uh, Middle Tennessee, I think they had um white helmets or or it was either middle or western. Whoever they got on this road trip, and um, even in the college hoops, two K eight, we'll see if they bring back college oh, basketball. Man. Those uniform selections were fun, but yeah, man, Texas State, all those things. And the sad part is, um, they're on to bigger and better. It's so crazy, right? Because um, this the old conference USA, and then the new. I bet they don't even have schools like Jacksonville State. No, in that video game, of course not. Sam Houston State in that video game uh, from 2014. So yeah, a lot has changed. A lot has changed. Joe Chacon with the follow up. They have to stop the easy layups all year. They get a great transition score, only to allow a layup uncontested on the other end. As for the freebies, I remember when I played basketball back in the day, we were drilled on fundamental free throw shooting they get on these hot streaks and then there's lazy passes or someone is stepping out of bounds Powell's play can be so sketch I feel like he tries hard or might even be overrated um I have anxiety now when he gets the rock the young talent is awesome but without the wins will they find their way to the portal Let's get it together and let's get some momentum going into the conference tournament. Hashtag repping from Colorado now. Hashtag thank or he said, thank God it's Friday and glad tomorrow it's Friday. Hey, thank goodness it is Friday. Good stuff there, Joe Chacon. That's right. Good to hear from you, man. And happy fr- happy early Friday or happy Friday Eve to you. Uh, hope you enjoy your weekend, man. Appreciate you weighing in. Hey, uh, as we wind down the show and as we kind of turn the page over, uh, I want to also swing it over to a couple other posts that came in. Jacob Matthew, you cannot be ranked in the 300s in field goal percentage, free throw shooting, and three-point shooting and expect to keep your job 
This team is about to be in March without a road win. Absolutely dreadful. Hashtag minor talk. Um, and then let's see if we've got any other posts. I think that's it. I think that's the, the last one that we had. Uh, Middle Tennessee ended up pulling out a victory against New Mexico State. And this is a bad one for the Aggies. By the way, Blue Raiders have suddenly won back-to-back. They're 4-6 and six all of a sudden in conference play. Um, the Miners play them on Saturday. But uh, they led... Uh, actually, the Aggies led this game the entire way against the Blue Raiders, and then the final minutes, uh, Middle Tennessee is able to distance themselves. They won 76-69, to and that's all she wrote. Now the Miners take on the Blue Raiders on Saturday. Should be a real interesting matchup knowing that the Miners uh, should win this one, right? I mean, you, both teams are 4-6. and six. Both teams are near the bottom of this conference, and the Miners are desperate for a road win. Sal, do they get a win Saturday? against Middle Tennessee? Um, oh, it's tough. I, I think... You know what? I'm going to say they'll split. Forget it. Wow. It, and the reason why is because um, I'm absolutely insane. No, I'm, I think they're going to win this game. Because I think they're going to win this game. They gotta, I don't think there's any question. They, gotta they got to get at least one, one on the road. And, and kind of looking at it from here on out, um, this might be their best chance to do that. I'm so out on Middle Tennessee, man. If they don't win this game, I, I don't know what to think about this team. So uh, they're going to win this game. I believe it. I think the Miners have it. It's Middle Tennessee. It's coming up Saturday. The Blue Raiders were lucky to get one against the Aggies after playing so poorly in the first half. Uh, Miners should get the win on Saturday. Let's see what happens. I, I have a question Tune in to Miner Talk. See what happens. Three scheduled Conference USA road games left. Middle, Middle Tennessee, Jacksonville State, and Liberty. 0-3, 1-2, Yeah, I don't know. What, what do you think? I think, um, I think loss, well, I think win, loss, loss. Okay, same. Yeah, that's what, that's what I think there. Win, loss, loss. I just don't see them beating Liberty on the road. And then Jacksonville State, the last game when they played here at the Haskins Center, I just didn't see that happening either. So, yeah, that's, that's how I stand on, on all of this, Sal. Uh, but let's keep it moving. 915-505-6009. That's our telephone number. 600 ESPN El Paso on Twitter or X. If you want to duck in a late call or a, or a tweet, now's the time to do it. Let's get to our hot hand of the game award. This is presented by Wind Supply El Paso. And this is going to go to Zid Powell from the first half performance. Seven points, four rebounds, three assists. He was all over the place in the first half. Uh, couldn't tr- quite translate the same execution in the second half, but in the first half he was large. Uh, he was a large part of the reason why the Miners marched back into this game and ended up uh, you know, tying it up in the first half. They actually took the lead at the half. 40-39 to 39 was their halftime lead. Uh, he will win the hot hand of the game and this is brought to you by Wind Supply El Paso. Hey, it's still pretty cold outside. If you are in need of a new furnace, look no further. The Master Cool Furnace is a awesome furnace. Actually, excuse me, the Champion Furnace is an awesome furnace from Wind Supply El Paso. You can actually check out their website at Wind Supply El Paso and hit the find a dealer tab there you'll be able to find those champion furnaces i mentioned if you want a master cool cooler that's perfect for the spring and summer as the weather starts to heat up here so keep that in mind for sure but uh like we said earlier a champion furnace from wind supply el paso can be found on the find a dealer tab online at windsupplyelpaso.com now shifting it over and going to our player of the game it's got to be tay hardy in this one even though in the second half they couldn't get he couldn't get his shots to fall first half 10 points he had a couple 
three-pointers in the first half as well. Just love the fight that he's showing each and every game. He's given a lot out there. Tay Hardy, the award winner for player of the night, and he might win the player of the game every single game to close out the season the way he's been playing. Also had two steals in this game. Zid Powell had three, by the way, and 36 minutes of action for Tay Hardy. He is the player of the game. This is brought to you by Timothy Cantrell. Hey, if you're looking to buy or sell your home here in El Paso, well, look no further than Timothy Cantrell. Hey, he has a reliable and trustworthy experience throughout his buying process or selling process, whatever you might need in El Paso. Uh, Timothy Cantrell can help you out, whether you're buying uh, a home, you're looking to sell your home, uh, trust Timothy Cantrell for the latest. And check out the latest listing and tips at his Facebook or Instagram page at Timothy Cantrell Realtor. Give him a call, 915-204-8441. Save that number and here it is again, 915-204-8441 for Timothy Cantrell Realtor here in El Paso. Uh, We are turning the page. We're winding it down. Sal, are you good with those award winners right there? Tay Hardy, Zid Powell, it's tough to give out awards when uh, the Miners lose the way that they did. Yeah, I I think if there were... um honorable mentions i think otis frazier is one of those honorable mentions and then um kevin callu with the um yeah you know, with, with that nice sequence that he had there uh but no i think rightfully uh rightfully deserved to those guys yeah and i think you're right it's a little tough because you look at the uh callu minutes he really was a hot hand in this game so uh i do want to give him credit for what he was able to do tonight kevin callu definitely uh showed up and yeah credit to him i don't give him enough credit we've dinged him enough on this show um he's offensively challenged no doubt about it in my eyes but still uh, loved his performance uh, throughout some stretches in this game. He gave a lot of effort. It you know it, it looks a little messy and sloppy in some stretches, but tonight was one of the better nights for Kevin Callu, no doubt about it. Hey, we're back at it Saturday afternoon. Countdown to tip off three thirty here local time. Tip off is at four, and we'll have you uh, covered with minor talk after the show. Special thanks to Sal Montes uh, for producing the show, producing the UTEP broadcast earlier tonight, and special thanks to all the listeners out there who l- were tuning in. If you missed any of Minor Talk or if you missed any of the previous shows, download, subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. That's Minor Talk on the 600 ESPN El Paso channel. And we are brought to you by the Oscar Arietta Agency. Check them out online at OscarArietaAgency.com. For Sal, I'm Adrian. We're winding it up and saying so long and good night here from the 600 ESPN El Paso River Oaks Property Schoolyard Sports Studios.